1: This is October 29th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLMS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLMS Media. My name is Evan Marinofsky, and the Bruins look really, really good. This team looks pretty legit. They look pretty damn legit, and to talk all about that stuff. I had on Marissa and Jamie at the Boston Herald, who is a recurring guest of the show. She's always on. Always a great guest. I think you'll really like this show. We dive into everything going on with this team. The first line's crazy. Charlie Coyle's kind of starting to score. Anders Bjork's looking pretty good. And then what all this means down the road. Uh, but before we get into the conversation, I want to tell you about my good friends over at betonline.ag. They are more than just some online betting platform. There's a lot of them out there. But none are quite like BetOnline.ag. Their approach is focused on the player, and they built their incredible reputation, on offering you, the clients, nothing but the best. From cutting-edge technology to enticing promotions and the latest sports betting odds, they have every single thing. They're famous for their sports book, where there are live lines on all major sporting events across all the major sports, including the NHL. You can bet on your Boston Bruins if you'd like to. Their live betting feature allows you to bet on your favorites quick and easy and in real time. If you would like to bet, on any game of your choosing, with any of your favorite sports, use my personal promo code CLNS50 at clnsmedia.com backslash NHL Bruins to get 50% cash back on your first deposit. Again, I'll say it a little bit more slowly. That's promo code CLNS50 at clnsmedia.com backslash NHL Bruins. If you guys would like to keep this podcast free, which I hope you would, Go there and take advantage of this awesome opportunity. Again, that's betonline.ag. All right. So with that out of the way, here's my conversation with Marissa and Jemmy. And we're here with Marissa and Jemmy. Marissa, what is up?
0: Just got back from New York. What is up, Evan?
1: How was New York?
0: It was lovely. I had a wonderful time in rainy, crowded New York City.
1: I feel like New York City is one of the most overrated places in the world. Am I right? Am I right it or extremely
0: wrong? Is. It extremely like is not fun most of the time.
1: Cause it looks very like obviously there's room for opportunity and you know people go there to follow their dreams, but the streets are cruddy and the subway system there's rats everywhere and just doesn't look like a great place to to live. It's just, it's like a r- rushing around city in a way. And I've actually never been. I it,
0: have road rage on the sidewalk, just like trying to get around people.
1: Yeah, that, I can't even imagine that. But it's, it's funny, I've never been to New York City, which is kind of unbelievable that I've never been to the biggest city in America or the most important.
0: It's like, it's good to see and to experience and I don't mind going there for like a day, especially if I have something to do and I know people. But I used to work there part time and like that was a, a hard pass, no.
1: Yeah, no, I, I really have um no interest in going there unless it's for Bruins or if I get a job covering the Rangers or the Islanders or something later on down the line. But um so we gotta talk <laughs> or Bruins
0: devil.
1: or the Devils. The Devils are trash though right now, so
0: Don't forget don't, them.
1: Don't wanna go near them. So <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta talk Bruins, right? This is a Bruins podcast. So um the hockey team. The hockey team. They had quite the weekend. Because last week, since this last podcast, they really didn't have any games. I tweeted out, the Bruins having a layoff for playing the Blues? Haha! I've never seen that before. LOL. That was, my one, that was my one Stanley Cup reference tweet. There were no others. I wasn't going to do it. Did you do any? I don't even remember. Well,
0: did, did you win Tweet of the Week for that?
1: Did I? Yeah, no. It sounds I, like
0: Tweet of the Week material.
1: It should be, but the Bruins also lost the Stanley Cup, so I don't think the Bruins are going to give me that Tweet of the Week. Um, I've actually never won Tweet of the Week either. Have you, You've never won it either, right?
0: No, I have not. They know how I feel about it.
1: <laughs> Everyone who hasn't won it is so salty, and I, 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 I totally am with you on that. Um, but that was my one Stanley Cup reference. Connor and I said this last week on the podcast – I just didn't want to hear a lot about the cup last year. And it's not even because of the result it's because like us reporters lived it for two or three weeks and after in the whole summer, like I, once the season started, I was done with it. I was, you know, it was a fun time for all of us. Yeah, but, see,
0: I loved it so much. I don't mind it continuing. I was calling it game eight all night.
1: Yeah.
0: Well,
1: I respect that. I respect that out of you. Game um,
0: nine is in April. You're ready.
1: Game nine. Is that what it is? I haven't even looked that far ahead on the schedule.
0: Yeah, I I only know because I'm going to be there and I know my road schedule.
1: Oh, there you go. Uh, You can look forward to Marissa and Jemmy on the Boston Herald. Um, So Bruins had quite the weekend. As I said, they crushed the Blues. They crushed the Rangers. They look pretty good. And I think you had the headline of the week when you said, these Bruins already feel good and they should. Because they're pretty damn good. Am I right or am
0: I right? Well, I tweeted this after the Blues game. Like, are, what if the Bruins are good? Like, because they might be. And it's weird because, I mean, there were a lot – remember the EA Sports projection of the of the Bruins winning the Cup in Vegas and all that? Yes, I into saw that. The year, I, was kind, I was kind of like, I don't know. They were kind of stagnant in the offseason. Other teams got better. I, I think I ranked them, like, ninth in my preseason power rankings where I was like, they'll be good. They'll make the playoffs. But I was kind of lukewarm about it. And then, like, after a few games, I was like, oh, this is the same team as last year. Of course they're good. Of course they can get back there, sure. And now, like, it, it feels like such a continuation of last year where they're finding ways to win kind of no matter what, except for there's even more chemistry. There's even more just, like, things like coils starting the year with the team compared to joining midway through. They just have a lot, like, going on together right now. So, yeah, I think they might be a good team, it turns out. So
1: you had them very low. My preseason predictions for them weren't great, but they were finished. I said I had them finishing third at the end of the year in the Atlantic and then losing to Toronto, but I knew they'd be a top five or six NHL team. You had them nine to start the year. I remember you were very pessimistic on um, their ranking. I would pessimistic. Other
0: I just, Compared to others. I, didn't, I didn't know if they took a step forward And other teams had taken a step forward, but maybe they didn't have to because they were already good.
1: See, I came into this year thinking um, the short offseason is going to hurt them. They uh, are going to be kind of devastated by that Game 7 loss. And the Maple Leafs are going to get a lot better. And the Lightning are going to be coming back with something to prove. And they're going to have a tougher time. And through a month, that has been completely wrong. The Maple Leafs look te- look not great. I'm not going to say terrible. They don't look great. The Lightning have kind of struggled to start. Now, I know it's one month in, but my God, this Bruins team, as you said, they're the same team. They're the literal exact same team, and it's all the same storylines. The first line is unreal, and the secondary scoring up until recently hasn't been great, but whatever. They're still winning.
0: It, it's it's like, so the Red Sox didn't make any moves, right? And they took mm-hmm. a massive step back and it felt like a different team. This Bruins team doesn't, it feels like it, it's not only they are the same personnel, they're the same team. It's the same philosophy, the same feel. Watching a game this year feels like watching a game last year. And that's a good thing. So yes. I, I, I don't know. I wasn't sure they'd have the same vibe or anything, just to be like super specific and scientific going off of vibes and energy. But <laughs> it really feels like it's the same energy as last year. And I think that, like, actually does matter. And as far as, in, like, Toronto and Tampa, too, in my heart, I just never can get on board with Toronto. Like, I look at their roster, watch them play, and I'm like, yeah, they're probably good, but I, I don't know, just, like, they're going to lose to the Bruins again in the playoffs, and we already know that.
1: You know, it's funny, it's interesting. Fluto wrote this uh, after the Maple Leafs game, and he's like, you know, everyone expects the Maple Leafs to be with the Bruins again this season. There's a real chance the Maple Leafs, really struggle and maybe don't even make that slot. It might be a wild card. They might not even make it. So, I mean, I would love to see a different matchup. I know it's been a great matchup the past couple of years, but I'm just sick of it. Give me something different. Um, but on the topic of,
0: I love the, the narrative. It's just absurd.
1: Well, I love um making fun of the Leafs. I just love it. It's amazing to me. They are so easy to make fun of. They're a hateable team. They're just fun to, to, poke fun at, especially on Twitter. But you mentioned the Red Sox. Their Twitter thing, which,
0: fans can be mean.
1: Well, the Maple Leafs Twitter is not great. <laughs> not a great no, bunch gosh. of people. But the, the Red Sox thing is interesting to me because I think – I, as I said, I came into the season thinking the Bruins would kind of be devastated by last year's game, seven loss. You get so close to the top of the mountain and you just can't reach it. But they lost, and they look so determined to get back. I mean, this Bruins team – I would go a step further than saying they're the same as last year. I think they're even better. Like, they look like a team with something to prove. Like, something really to prove. And again, like, I think a lot of it goes back to the way Bruce Cassidy coaches. When you think about it, since Bruce Cassidy's taken over, have they had many regular season games where they showed up and just kind of didn't do anything? No, like every regular season game that I can last remember, year's
0: again, I was, was I was just about to say, I was
1: just, I was just about to say, the mm-hmm. one game was the six nothing loss, but everything else, they're in every game, they're in every game, and they, are resilient. One other they game. come to play. What's the one other game?
0: One, one other game stands out to me that I kind of thought was like a turning point last year. Remember when they were in Washington and they won one that thing and it was a big deal because they never beat Washington. There was yes, a game right. It was Super, right Bowl, it was Super Bowl Sunday. Never forget. There was a game right before that at home against Philly, where just like the defense looked terrible and everything. Like they didn't end up losing by that much. They lost by like two goals, but it was like one of the sloppiest games I ever remember seeing them play under Cassidy. And it was one of the only times I remember him like calling out guys. And everyone turned into a narrative of like, oh, he's calling out Char. And it was like, no, it's calling out the whole defense. And the next game they win one nothing in Washington. And I thought that was like a turning point, but that's one of the only times I can remember just a horrible showing. And right away they turned it around.
1: I, I vaguely remember that. And I do remember it being not just a huge deal. They won in Washington, but they won after that game in Philly. Cause Cassidy has no problem calling people out. I mean, Cassidy does it all the time. Um, but
0: but it was like it's, it was just the tone of it. I I didn't remember it ever being like that. And like, boy, they got the message.
1: Yeah, it's funny to me the the differences between Cassidy's Bruins and Claude's Bruins, in that there were a lot of games with Julianne where they would come out and they would just be like, they'd be like a you know a a, a Thursday night game in March, and it would be like four to one loss, and there were just games they didn't show up for. And it feels like this team shows up for everything except for game seven of the Stanley Cup final. But I'm not, that's, that's my one thing. I'm not saying anything else about that. Um,
0: well, just like I want to hit on that for a moment only because sometimes I feel like when people talk about, Oh, what happened last year? Like when they losing that it was a single game. And if you really think about it still being three periods away from winning a Stanley Cup and yeah, they didn't look good in that game, but boy, like, that's as close as you can get to like winning it without winning it. Right. So I don't know if it just gives such a negative connotation to the whole thing. And I'm like, man, that's a team that was a game away from winning a cup.
1: Well, what sucks is there's a lot of moments in that series that if they'd won would have been massive Boston sports moments. I mean, you look at Chara playing through a broken jaw, Cruz hit on Robert Thomas, little things like that would have been, you know, statues and pictures and things like that and they lose one game and it all goes to waste um
0: That's but i don't feel like i just there's such a negative connotation to it where like yeah losing that sucks and everything but like man there there's a lot to celebrate about that too and i don't feel like it gets acknowledged a lot and i, I just like i don't know i just don't get that mentality totally
1: i do get it i get it because they didn't win and a lot of people including myself, look at the road they had to the cup final and say, I don't know how it's ever going to be easier. So a lot of oh, people yeah, look at it like.
0: Window. There's never going to be a window like that again, for sure. And that that's very unfortunate. But correct. I, I just don't like taking away from that team and what a special feeling there was around that group all year, which honestly has carried over into this year a bit. And I meant, mentioned earlier too, but you said about them feeling like a better team so far this year. I agree with that in the sense of I think they're better right now than they were at this time last year.
1: Because yes. it feels
0: like they've, even with some of the injuries and some of the uncertainties, it just feels like Coyle being there makes such a big difference. Even just like last year, they had no idea who's going to be the third-line center. They got, it might be Corrali, and now he has more of an established role. Uh, Wagner, he's been here now, so he knows the deal. Uh, Clifton, Coolman before he got hurt. Like those guys have been there before. It just feels more settled, if that makes sense. And I think that's why they feel like a better team.
1: Yes. And there's a lot more potential to be had. Joe McDonald wrote this um, today or yesterday. Uh, The Bruins are cruising, but they haven't even put it all together yet. That's true. They haven't. I mean, the first line's off the charts and amazing. David Krejci is hurt right now. Um, Mm -hmm. Charlie Coyle's been all over the lineup. Hasn't really had any stability just saw some real offensive output um, in the game against New York on Sunday night. That's really been one of the only Wait, times so he's doesn't been mean very, he
0: hasn't played well. He's, he's no, he's played. Very very he's been very effective.
1: Year. He's been very effective. I'm just saying offensive points production. That sure. was a, a, a big night for him. Um, And then the fourth line has been producing a little bit here and there, not as much as maybe we're used to seeing. So there's a lot of potential to be had. And, And they're still this good. They're still this good. And they beat good teams. They beat really good teams. And so I kind of look at this and I go, how much better can they really get? Like, when this is all going, when everything's working, this is a Stanley Cup team. This is a team that really could defy the odds and go back to the Stanley Cup.
0: They definitely could, and not to be the downer here. I want to see what they do like mid December to mid January. Do they still have their legs? That's when I never for a moment thought they'd start the season off poorly. I didn't think they'd start off as well as they have, but I didn't think like, oh my God, they're gonna have a hangover in the first few games, especially being on the road and all that. I thought that worked to their to their benefit. I want to see where their legs are at in the middle of the season when the way Cassidy put it once before, like you're almost halfway through your schedule. Or like it's January, you still have more than half your schedule left. And showing up every night doesn't become as easy. I want to see what they look like then. Or when they have a bit of a rough catch, how they respond. Because last year, they responded so well to every rough catch. So when that happened, I think we're going to have a much better idea of, is this group a lot like last year?
1: Yeah, as you said, Cassidy mentioned that. I thought they'd come in slow. I was wrong. I was completely wrong. Okay, so um, first line's been amazing. The team's been great. Charlie Coyle's starting to score. How about that Anders Bjork kid?
0: (laughs) He looks good so far. I mean, he has a lot of energy. He didn't train in camp. He has before um, in preseason. It's can he do it every night? He didn't stand out as much last night, but that was just a weird game in general. There was a lot of just, like, stuff going on um but the first two games for Bjork looked really good I'd like to see him continue that energy um how he's going to make it in the NHL is as a score it's a lot different than Peter Solaric. and Cassidy said this last night too where he's a guy who just needs to come out have some energy shifts win some puck battles do stuff like that for Bjork to stay on the roster he has to produce offense and I don't think they want to put that pressure on him like his first handful of games but long term to be on be one of the forwards he needs to and put pucks in the net. And I think they would love for that to happen because that would solve solve a lot of their secondary scoring issues. And, I mean, I don't even think they have that many issues. Like, I thought that whole thing was overplayed a little bit. It was the first two games of the year. There are going to be trends or whatever. But um, I think they're going to feel a lot more secure in that department if Bjork plays like he did his first couple of games.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's looked very good um, with that line. The cycle game he has going with Heinen. He's looked good with Par Lindholm, which I – Totally didn't expect. I was. I, I'm on the Par
0: Home bandwagon personally.
1: Par Home looks good. Don't sleep on Par Home. He's on. Par, he's he's actually. Well, I don't know. I don't know how to make this golf pun correctly, so I ruined it for myself. I was going to say he's over par. what so We thought, but over gone. par is over par isn't good. Under par is good. So he's on under par. par with you
0: want on par too.
1: Well, on par means he hit our expectations exactly. Under par would mean he actually does better than our expectations, right? Am I getting I'm getting that well, right. That's so negative
0: though. I'm, I'm not I, a golf person.
1: I'm not either. I don't know why I'm asking you, but I'm really but I'm a lacrosse I do think
0: person.
1: I know. I don't I I'm not a lacrosse person. I don't know any good lacrosse puns for you. But but he looks good and 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 Heinen looks good. That line looks really good. Now, I'm a guy who thinks that Bjork as he progresses Try him with Marchand and Bergeron. I know, I know. Everyone says don't split the top line. Try it. Try seeing if you can get scoring in other places because they're not going to be producing like that forever. They aren't. The top line is not going to be producing as well as they are right now forever. They just aren't going to do that. Try, try seeing if Bjork can work with with, with and Bergeron. I'd be, I'd be willing to try that at some point. So I
0: haven't talked about the whole split up the top line thing too much because I don't know they change their line so often that I just don't really take much stock in what they do with them like and with injuries and everything too just like everything's always shuffled around so much and it never seemed like an opportune time but here's how I feel about it because I've just like never really talked about it for like I said just they change stuff up I like that line together and I totally understand, like, putting Pasternak and Krejci or whatever and putting offense throughout your lineup, I wouldn't necessarily do that while things are going well. Like, I actually do like the idea of Bjork up with Bergeron too, but I just wouldn't do that while they're 8-1-2 and two or whatever because it's working yes. right now, so why change things? If they hit a little snag or, like, they need some energy, then sure. I, I, I think I'd be totally fine with that, but for as long, like, after you have a hat trick and a five-point night on that line, I just don't, I don't know. I just wouldn't do it now or in the foreseeable future.
1: No, right now isn't the right time to do it because they are rolling. But when things start to slow down a little bit, might be, maybe hit a little rough patch, give it a shot. Or give it a shot for a few shifts. But I either, do want to you know? see
0: chemistry established in other places, too. Like, that second line, what is it? The third line, what is it? Other than the top and the fourth <laughs> no line. We, like, the middle six, like, We don't, we we know who the players are. We just don't know who's together. So I'd let them have a chance. That's like my one complaint I've ever really had about the team last year too, was let them like establish anything together before splitting them up. That goes for any line. Like we haven't seen the whole DeBress-Krejci-Kuhlman experiment actually really play out yet because Krejci's been hurt. When they're both back, I want to see that line for a handful of games before there starts to be panic and switching guys around. I, yeah, I, I mean, just want to see what that looks like. But I like I like the concept of it so much. Let's give it a chance.
1: Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is with with um, crazy being injured, I said this on last week's show, if you put a guy, you know, I think this is Coyle's audition for the second line center role. Um, I mentioned this last week. I'll, I'll repeat it again just for those who didn't listen and for you who might not have listened, just in case you didn't listen. Um, I
0: always listen to Connor.
1: Well, thank you. Um, that Connor's amazing. Everybody loves Connor. Connor one of the most like well liked people by anybody. It's un- it's unbelievable. He should. Be. Um, he sh- as well, he should. Um, but Pete Blackburn said this on the preview episode, and his hot take, which I have come to agree with, is, um, the Bruins will trade Krejci at the end of the year and re-sign Coyle to second line center money. Now, if that is to take place. Coyle's got to use this time as like an audition to be the second line center, you know, got it. You got to take this, but they also have to keep him consi- with consistent wingers, which they really have not been able to do. So that's a tough call for them. I don't know. What all do right. I about have
0: this? a, t- I have a take here. Let and he I've said it. this take before other places. I'm so adamantly against trading David Krejci that like my brain shuts down coming up with all the reasons why not to, because there are so many. Um, I would just never do it, ever.
1: What do you think they will do when his contract is up after next year? I think it's after next year.
0: I don't know. Like, when they get – like, after next year, so many things can happen, so it's tough to look that far ahead. But in a pocket, like, in the off season, people were talking about trading Krejci, and I, like, got in so many arguments with people about, like, why that's a bad idea. And, I mean, the fact that Coyle has looked as – I mean – When they traded for Coyle, I always liked him. I didn't realize what type of player he fully was and how well he fit in and just how good he was. So the fact that he started off this year the way he has makes me back off a little bit. But – and also, too, if Stanika, like, really does emerge as a guy, then that's also something at center. But if they trade Krejci, their center depth is just, like, gone. One of the reasons Coyle is so effective is the fact that he can be the third-line guy And he can fill in when needed. I just don't know if he's ever going to be that number two center guy if he isn't yet already.
1: Yeah, I mean, I worry about that because the inconsistency he's had with his offensive production. The other thing is, if you look at last year's playoffs, that third line, Coyle, Johansson, Heinen, was getting favorable matchups because each line was canceling itself out, and Coyle got the line that was most vulnerable. So that was another big part. Sometimes
0: you're the reason those bottom six guys look as good as they do. It's because you're better than other bottom six guys. Like Sean Corrali, he's one of the better fourth line centers in the NHL. When they oh, move yes. him up even to the third line, their are just matchup differences and like what he does, he struggled a little more. I think Corrali is one of the most important pieces on the entire team because of the way he plays, but because of the role he's in. And if that role changed, he's not the same player. Expectations are a bit different. And that's the same with Coyle, too. Right now, great. He's doing the job they need him to do. But if those expectations changed, is the perception the same? Probably not. So I think just he makes them such a deep team. Like, think about it. Okay, you remove Crazy from the equation of this team right now. And Coyle becomes your second-line center. How do people feel about Par Lindholm being the third-line center all year?
1: Yeah, no, it's it's not ideal. I think Krejci play, had his one of his best years last year. I am not. I was not for trading Krejci now, but if he regresses and the injuries keep coming, the injuries keep happening this year because he, he's been relatively healthy the past couple of years. But if the injuries happen this year and he kind of regresses, maybe it wouldn't be the worst idea to look into what you could maybe get for him. Well,
0: um that goes for so many guys. That, like we're projecting out into what ifs and everything now. And there are so many different possibilities, so many different avenues that anyone can go. It's tough to project out like that when we don't know.
1: That is true. But it's funny. The, that's the a rally, reason for
0: depth, though, too.
1: Yes. And, and that's what helped get them to the finals last year was incredible depth. Speaking of teams, um, well, not speaking of teams with good depth, the New York Rangers are awful. I mean, my goodness, Turns that team is terrible. terrible. They are terrible. I expected them this year to at least be somewhat competitive. I know everyone said they were rebuilding, but I said, oh, they got Panarin. They, you know, they went out and got Truba. Capo Caco, I know he's still developing. But my goodness, they looked horrendous. I know I know, it was 7-4. to four. I know they scored two goals at the end there. But that was a scrimmage the last five minutes of the game. They looked
0: horrible.
1: I mean, you were there. They looked terrible.
0: The defense in front of Lundqvist just is not helping him very much. Um, The Bruins had – and the Bruins, they were – and typically the Bruins do win more puck battles than the opponent most of the time. Um, But, boy, they were just having their way kind of. And just – it just felt like when they really wanted to, especially the top line, but, like, Coyle as well and some other guys, they were able to do kind of what they wanted Um, especially like the first Martian goal. He just did what he felt like on that play, and I thought that kind of epitomized the entire game for them, where they could just kind of do what they wanted, and some of that was just the Rangers are probably terrible, but part of it also was that was like probably the peak for this season up to this point of the Bruins just being comfortable, and it was their best second period, too. I don't know Marshan didn't seem to think that mattered. I mean, I wrote about the second period too because, like, you have to. But I, I was never overly worried about it because we are eleven games in or twelve, whatever it is, games into the season now, and nothing matters yet because everything's such a short sample size. But um, they were just able to do what they wanted, and part of that's because the Rangers are terrible, as it turns out.
1: Yeah, I mean, they had their way with them in the in the offensive zone, and it's funny. When Zdeno Chara has the most shots on the team, that pretty much goes to show you how bad the defensive coverage was in front of Lundquist because nobody was blocking the shots. Lundquist was getting everything. I mean, everything. I tweeted it out. I said, I feel bad for Henrik Lundquist. Now, I know I think he can waive his no trade clause, whatever. I haven't really looked into it. But I mean, the guy has been do- He's getting hung out to dry in New York right now. He's never really had any success in the postseason aside from going to the Cup one year. And he's just – I mean, he's on this god-awful team. I mean, my goodness. the po- I, just, I mean, I feel bad. I don't blame him for getting mad at Posternock and going out to hit him and stuff because I'd be pissed too <laughs> if I was on that team. And having to – he, he got outshot – the Rangers got outshot a ton to a little. I think the shots were like 28 to 12 after the second or in the middle of the second period. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it so, I mean, my goodness. I expected them to be so much better. It's funny. I was actually looking – um, at the Metropolitan Division today. And there were a lot of surprises to me um, in how things have gone because the teams with the two best off-seasons, by most people's standards, were the Rangers and the Devils. <laughs> and right and they're
0: now... they're horrible.
1: They're the bottom of the Metropolitan. The Devils have six points. The Rangers have seven. Um,
0: I will say the Devils are at a different level of awful than the Rangers. Like, the Rangers, yes. I think there's, like, something to fat salvage there, at least. Like, This, to me, feels more like one of those early season things where, like, it's a trend that doesn't matter all too much and they'll probably, at the end of the year, be fighting for a playoff spot. I don't think that means they're good. I just think it means they're okay, potentially. Maybe that's your feeling. The Devils are just not going to be relevant in any way for the rest of the year. I'm confident saying that after seeing them twice in the preseason, once in the regular season, and just, like, keeping an eye on things there, boy, they're just not a good hockey team, and they're not going to be.
1: No, that's it's unbelievable to me how they have just plummeted. Um and then the rest of that division, the Flyers, Carter Hart's been rough thus far. Um I don't then, know if the Flyers
0: are good. They confuse me a lot. Like they, they might be okay or they might be horrible. I don't know.
1: They they are so weird to me because as you said, like they have talent, but like Shane Goss the Spare is not the same defenseman he once was. And the guys up front have been solid, but the goaltending hasn't been there. It's just like – you. every year everyone says the Flyers could be good this year. Oh, this could be the year for them. This could be the year. And it doesn't yeah, look like it's the year. Their
0: story is mediocre.
1: It, it, it is. Um, and then the Sabres are ran, – not randomly, but kind of randomly tied with the Bruins for top of the Atlantic. I mean, what, what the hell's up with this?
0: You know who I don't think is good is the Sabres.
1: I agree with you. I I'm agree. ready to be over it now.
0: Like, Carter Hutton, cool. Let's move on.
1: Yeah, they get the, they, they start off hot just like last year. I would not be surprised People keep asking
0: me, are the Sabres good? And I just keep saying no, and eventually they won't be, and then I'll feel better about that because they aren't, and I don't know how to explain, like, no, what are we doing?
1: If the playoffs started today, the Bruins would play the Panthers in the first round, second and third, that have home ice. How ridiculous. And the, and the Sabres would play uh, probably the Maple Leafs or the Penguins. So, yeah. I, I'm glad the playoffs don't start today. <laughs> I,
0: I will never – uh, I
1: will um, never oh, – okay, I will take the trip to Florida. However, I will never, ever, <laughs> ever think the Panthers are actually interesting. They could have every so good player go the in the NHL.
0: My take was the Panthers are going to be good and, like, they're not. And I'm just, like, trying to back away from that as much as I can.
1: Well, Bobrovsky is, I think, very, is vastly overrated.
0: He's, uh, uh, he has been good, but that does not mean he is now.
1: Exactly. And I don't think he's worth the contract he got. Anyways, let's wrap this up. Marissa, is there anything you'd like to plug before I let you go?
0: Um, Subscribe to the Boston Herald because I write there, and that would be really cool.
1: You guys do great content. That's about it. Great work, great content. Follow Marissa on Twitter. Um, and yeah, that's today's show. We covered absolutely everything. We covered Bruins. We covered some, we made fun of the Metropolitan Division a little bit. Made fun of the Sabres. (laughs) Tons of fun. It's always fun with you, Marissa. Anyways, for this Media, I'm Evan Marinofsky. You guys have a great rest of your week.